0: welcome to stat i'm telling you all medical true crime stories and it gets bizarre karen wickiam yeah she used to work in the ER, and now she's sharing the knowledge so let's get involved hey funny and scary at the same time medical mysteries all facts she ain't lying <laughs> so tune in the stat if you dare because crazy things can happen anytime anywhere <laughs> yeah Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to STAT, Shocking Traumas and Treatments. And I am your host, Karen Wickham, coming to you from beautiful Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hi, it's been a while. I've been spending some time trying to recover from things. <laughs> and a lot has happened in the world since then. I hope you're all doing as well as you can. One thing that hasn't changed is the story of Andrew Wakefield. So let's get into that. I last left off talking about child four. Walker Smith had fraudulently changed the diagnosis and prescribed the very powerful and dangerous drug methalazine. He didn't stop there. Almost every child's diagnosis had been changed from normal to disease bowel. Almost all these children were being prescribed methalazine and other drugs like it. Wakefield, with the full support of the hospital and medical staff, was about to unleash his false, unproven, and under-investigated discovery to the world. Ari Zuckerman unleashed a beast, so to speak. It was ethically and morally corrupt for a university and hospital to do such a thing. But like many bad and harmful decisions, dollar signs blinded them. The Sunday Times magazine led the national press with a five-page feature called A Shot in the Dark, showcasing... Andrew Wakefield, Jackie Fletcher, and the lawyer, Richard Barr. The ITV network ran a 30 minute primetime big story report on his claims, linking MMR with Crohn's and at the mail on Sunday, Lorraine Frazier, who covered jabs launch and child's two scoping began a determined campaign as Wakefield's champion. Research findings were meant to be kept confidential until peer reviewed and published in a journal. The unreviewed findings were leaked to a doctor's magazine called The Pulse, and the media jumped all over it. In August, the 3-in-1 MMR vaccine was now being linked to both autism and Crohn's. In fact, Wakefield announced that he had five papers that would prove his findings. The Lancet published two of his papers, but once peer-reviewed, it was determined that the finding proved very little to nothing. They recommended that further, more in-depth research be conducted. With this publicity, Wakefield's hypothesis was published in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine. Money was starting to flow into the university and Ari Zuckerman was feeling immense pressure from Wakefield to have his press conference announcing the MMR vaccine was the cause of autism and Crohn's. Ari Zuckerman was also the editor for J Med Viral and He was the director of the World Health Organization as a pioneer for hepatitis vaccines, so there was a lot of weight behind his support of this press release. Zuckerman was in way over his head. Wakefield had hired a PR company months ahead to prepare for this disastrous press conference. Headlines were flying all over the place, and research money was flowing into the university. Zuckerman was too weak and greedy for money and power to stop this runaway train. Wakefield put together a high-production 21-minute video package. This was unprecedented and ridiculously long. This guy was clearly showboating, something that he was really good at. The content was one big lie, but hey, the production value was excellent. He stated the following four separate times in the presentation, quote, There is sufficient anxiety in my own mind for the long-term safety of the polyvalent, that is, MMR vaccine in combination, that I think it should be suspended." end of quote. All the big papers and news stations were there. Headlines exploded, each paraphrasing in their own way that MMR caused autism. Though the fine print in the published papers made it very clear that nothing had been proven at all. Wakefield continued to doctor all the results, making false claims and inflated and sometimes non-existent results. When Wakefield said jump, everyone said how high, including Walker Smith and Zuckerman. They were all becoming richer and gaining fame and recognition. They were in deep. Wakefield, the grifter and snake oil salesman, had everyone by the short and curlies, including the media. One of the things that Wakefield was saying was that he felt that the triple dose MMR should be stopped, but to give all three vaccines individually. I believe he said this to cover his ass. That way he could not be blamed for an increase in the resurgence of an almost eradicated disease. Now he was suggesting that children get three separate injections, causing unnecessary pain to these children. Worse, he cast a huge shadow on the safety of vaccines period. He thought he had it all covered. The fact was that what he was proposing was impossible to do because MMR vaccines had become the gold standard and there was not enough individual vaccines to go around. Even though he was flying high on his self-proclaimed accomplishments, there were many well-respected doctors and scientists who found holes in all his findings and were challenging them point by point. The most basic thing, quote, a first dose of MMR vaccine is given to about 600,000 children every year in the UK, most during the second year of life, the time when autism first becomes manifest. Not surprisingly, therefore some cases will follow MMR. And a quote, the damage was already being done. I think it's important to talk about another player in this twisted game, Richard Barr, the lawyer, and his wife Kristen Lim. Lim would be their expert scientist, scientific and medical investigator, scientific expert, or more simply, scientist. What Lim actually had was a bachelor's degree in agriculture. The collaboration between Barr and Wakefield was a match made in heaven for them. These two were maniacally ambitious and sought fame and fortune at whatever cost. Barr started lying for Wakefield almost immediately. He encouraged Wakefield and emboldened him to feel that he had the law behind him. The following quote is from the author of the book, the one that I'm using for reference as well, Brian Deer, the book, The Doctor Who Fooled the World. He's an investigative journalist who helped expose Wakefield. In fact, he spent over seven years of his life doing this. Quote, it would begin a collaboration that was to echo down the years to haunt parents with children not even born. Two months later, the two men shared their shot in the dark triumph in the Sunday Times Magazine where they appeared alongside Jackie Fletcher. And by January 1996, Barr was claiming 70 cases of alleged injuries from vaccines containing the measles virus and hundreds more in the pipeline. Dr. Andrew Wakefield has published some of the very disturbing material, which indicates a clear link between the measles element of the vaccine and Crohn's disease. So Wakefield further listed the signs to look for. These included weight loss, diarrhea, unexplained low grade fever, mouth ulcers, and aching joints. This is a quote from Barr. If your child has suffered some or all of these symptoms, could you please contact us? And it may be appropriate to put you in touch with Dr. Wakefield. End of quote. Can you imagine how many parents with autistic children saw this and panicked? With a list of symptoms so vague and common that almost every parent would wonder if their child might be suffering from a life threatening bowel disease. And possibly autism. They came flocking to Wakefield and Barr. Royal Free put at least 100 children through the Wakefield protocol in an attempt to prove damage from vaccines needed for filing lawsuits. Many believed that it was a much higher number, and the Legal Aid Board was asked to pay for them. They submitted a three-page proposed protocol and costing proposals, plus a 17-page proposed clinical and scientific study. They set out plans for the grueling regime the children would undergo. The costs were outrageous. Barr mailed the documents to the legal board office on Thursday, June 6, 1996, and it was approved for 76,000 pounds now, which is double that in uh, the US. Wakefield and Barr were gonna be making a lot of money. Somehow, a huge amount of that money that was supposed to go to the university ended up in their pockets. They decided what the research ought to find before they even set out to find it. Meanwhile, Barr was busily putting together a class action suit against the manufacturers of vaccines. And Barr was granted the money from the government to fund the studies to prove the vaccine injury. This is unethical. Zuckerman decided to turn a blind eye on this and approve the studies and accepted the money. Another £70,000. On the last Monday of February 1997, Mr. Eleven, Child Eleven's father, came from the USA. His son was labeled autistic at the age of five. As he became a teenager, he was intelligent and socially awkward, but not as debilitated as the other children in the study. And as per his father, quote, he hadn't started speaking by the age of two, suffered from apparent malabsorption and immunity issues, experienced delays in cognitive development, and his behavior was obsessive and repetitive. Everything was off, end of quote. His father believed that there were over 200 types of autism and the causes could be anything from vaccines, heavy metals, pesticides, fluoridation, and viruses. He subjected his son to many unproven and possibly unsafe holistic and Western medicine. Mr. Eleven believed that his son could be cured and that Wakefield was the answer. What he brought with him in a jar of formalin was bowel tissue that had been removed from his son. You imagine he was... Carrying it across in a plane, taxi, no, oh, it it's kind of macabre. In the meantime, other scientists across the world were studying this hypothesis and doing research on themselves. For instance, a Japanese group of scientists at Akita University hunted for sequences from four of six genes that code the virus's nucleus, capsule, and protrusions, and they found nothing. A group of scientists in Connecticut took a run at it. They were given 16 tissue samples. Wakefield proclaimed that 13 of the 16 samples showed damage to the tissues from measles. The scientist's results showed zero. Wakefield blew off the results as flawed and then took these very same studies and changed the numbers drastically in his favor. Child 11 went through the grueling Wakefield protocol, and of course, it showed that measles caused autism. Not. There was a scientist by the name of Nick Chadwick, a PhD student who was the coordinating investigator of molecular studies. He was a highly respected scientist. He had Crohn's himself, and he was hoping to find answers, but he would do it above board. He found nothing to support Wakefield's claims, and Wakefield was pissed. Here's a quote from Chadwick. He tended to believe, you know, positive data that fitted with his hypothesis, and then disregard negative data. Andy never actually did any of the techniques himself from scratch. He would spend a lot of time looking at tissue sections and looking at the results. And like most lab leaders, jobs are to raise money for the group and to try to interpret the results and write up papers. But in terms of hands-on stuff, he never put a lab coat on, really, as far as I can remember. End of quote. Wakefield refused to use this data and hid it. It would not see the light of day until well after the damage was done. Wakefield argued that Chadwick's results weren't sensitive enough and had major limitations and false negatives. The bigger joke was that Wakefield found proof at the microscopic level, but couldn't be found at the molecular level. This is just impossible. The respected journals like The Lancet would not publish his papers, so he sought out lesser known and respected journals like The Pulse. The Pulse published one of his papers and the media caught on to it. This led to a press conference at the anti-vaccine convention in Virginia. In 1998, Wakefield became a medical god in his own mind. He believed that he had found the cause of Crohn's disease as well as the cause of autism. He would be the greatest GI doctor of all time. At least, that's what he thought. Wakefield sought out investors so he could profit from this scientific miracle. One was a professional investor called Alex Korda, who had spent two decades in biotech startups. The other, Robert Sleet, with a similar background and a PhD in environmental microbiology. Sleet was also the father of one of the 12 Lancet children. On the outside, Wayfield looked caring and determined, searching to find the answers to cure people with Crohn's and autism. What he really was, was greedy. He came up with a scheme aimed at diagnosing measles virus and inflammatory bowel disease. And this, he speculated, was bound to make up $880 million a year. Of course, he had no science to back this. There was nothing to prove his hypothesis, therefore no ability to provide a cure for the condition that did not exist. He added up what he thought would be in his bank account and spent no time in the lab. The results were being fraudulently altered to support this non-existent condition. He was gunning for fame, fortune, and glory based on nothing. It would be an exaggeration to say he was putting the cart ahead of the horse. The hopes of parents, with hopes of cure, and the children who were being abused during testing with this grueling Wakefield protocol were left in the dust. Not only that, he was doing great damage to the confidence in MMR vaccine. Measles and mumps were on the rise, and the long-term effects of the anti-vaxxer movement would be devastating up until this day. Wakefield would wear the cape and crown as the father of the anti-vaccine movement, and he was on the hustle. He was attracting attention from the media, biotech startup groups, And he was looking to sue. And of course, the desperate parents were hanging off every word. He was also attracting attention that he did not welcome from scientists who saw him as a quack, a charlatan and a snake oil salesman. He just blew them off, but he wouldn't be able to ignore them for long. He was about to get a wake up call. While Wakefield was patting his pocket and stroking his ego, a storm was brewing. By the year 2000, Wakefield believed his plan was all coming together. He was filing patents for a test that would detect the autism-causing markers from measles, among other nonsense. He was a star speaker at many medical and anti-vaxxer conferences. He was also launching many lawsuits on behalf of the parents seeking compensation. Whether or not they won or lost, he would still get paid. And Wakefield started to branch out. He was spreading his message across the pond to the U.S. He went on the road with his horse and pony show, Hawking Lies, Lies That He Would Profit From. He even had a brief audience with the U.S. Capitol. He held a press conference on April 6 before the Congress hearing that he was taking part in. Meanwhile, the university and hospital in England had reached their limit with Wakefield. They were done with him. Wakefield had not submitted any of the research data that was required to support his study, and when Mark Pepez, the head of medicine, reached out to Wakefield, he was given excuses and ignored. His hypothesis was studied in Japan by highly respected scientists and they were unable to replicate Wakefield's statements. Other well-respected scientists from other countries such as Israel came to the same conclusion. There was proof that his so-called breakthrough and that the test and findings had either been doctored or done so poorly that they made little sense. Mark Pepys got wind of the news conference at the US Capitol on April 5th, the day before. And Brian Deer, the journalist who I spoke of earlier who wrote the book, spent seven years investigating the validity of the facts here's a quote from the book to Peppas, wakefield was a waste of space not just a doctor without patients but a teacher without students not a scientist but a zealot and an opportunist and this is what he this is what pepus said he does no clinical work and to my knowledge he does no teaching my view is that his activities bring our institution to severe disrepute end of quote by september 2000 they were absolutely done Wakefield did not finish the project he agreed to, and he was told that he had to stop making public statements about his discovery. Six months later, Wakefield appeared on 60 Minutes. In November 2000, the decision to fire Wakefield was made. It was back and forth between the hospital and university until what they had was bulletproof. Wakefield put up a big stink, of course, threatening the hospital and university, hiring lawyers, and demanded ridiculous compensation. When all was said and done, Wakefield ended his academic career on November 14, 2001. His payoff was the equivalent to $223,000. The final nail in the coffin was that the university had agreed not to disclose why he was let go. But Wakefield always had to get the final word in. Quote, I have been asked to go because my research results are unpopular. End of quote. After being fired, Wakefield set his sights on the U.S. where he had garnered a small following. With no employer to answer to, he felt free to make himself heard. In April 2002, he set the tone at a rally at the National Mall in Washington. He was emboldened to say whatever he wanted, and it was scandalous. Here's a quote from Wakefield. We are in the midst of an international epidemic. Those responsible for investigating and dealing with this epidemic had failed. Among the reasons for this failure is the fact that they are faced with the prospect that they themselves may be responsible. Therefore, in their efforts to exonerate themselves, they are an impediment to progress. I believe that public health officials know that there is a problem. They are, however, willing to deny the problem and accept the loss of an unknown number of children on the basis that the success of public health policy, mandatory vaccination, by necessity involves sacrifice. End of quote. What he said was outrageous, inflammatory, and damaging to vaccine confidence. It invoked one of the strongest and easiest manipulated emotions, fear. And it worked. He was charismatic and well-spoken. He knew how to play to the crowd. He could be very convincing. He'd use his medical terminology and education to weld the crowd. Only what he was saying was false and confusing. Desperate parents and conspiracy theorists lapped it up. In May 2002... Amid continuing media campaigns over MMR, particularly by the mail and telegraph groups and the magazine, private eye issued a special edition written in collaboration with families that were suing vaccine manufacturers and a large number of scientific studies found no link between MMR and autism, including research published by the British medical journal and the new England journal of medicine, pediatrics and the Lancet, January, 2003, Vaccine among two-year-olds falls to 78.9%, below the 92% the Department of Health says is needed to maintain herd immunity. Figures in other parts of inner London are half the national rates. In September 2003, the Legal Services Commission stops funding Barr's lawsuits after lawyers for the claimant's report to the commission that, on the evidence, they cannot make a case that MMR causes autism. In February, 2004, an investigation by Brian Deer, who works for the Sunday Times, exposes the flawed scientific basis for Wakefield's claims and reveals conflicts of interest, which suggest Wakefield could have profited financially from the scare. In March, 2004, 10 of the 1998 papers, 13 authors, excluding Wakefield retract its interpretation section, which claimed an association between MMR, enterocolitis, and regressive developmental disorders. In November 2004, Channel 4's Dispatches segment reveals Wakefield's single vaccine patent and that despite Wakefield's claims that the culprit of the disorders is measles and MMR, molecular tests in his laboratory found no trace of the virus. The uptake of MMR falls to 81%. In January 2005, Wakefield initiates libel lawsuits funded by the Medical Protection Society against the Sunday Times, Channel 4, and Brian Deer over Deer's website, claiming that all allegations are false and defamatory. March 2005, among much research rejecting any link with developmental disorders and bowel disease, research is published showing that, in the High London Court, Mr. Justice Edie refuses an application from Wakefield to freeze his libel actions and orders him to proceed to the trial of of Deere's allegations against honesty and professional integrity. In April 2006, a 13-year-old boy becomes the first person in the UK to die from measles in 14 years. In May 2006, US scientists report that they have found the measles virus in the guts of autistic children with bowel disease. The research leader, Dr. Stephen Walker, adds that the finding does not show that MMR vaccine causes the condition. In June 2006, the General Medical Council in the u k charges Wakefield of professional misconduct in December two thousand and six. The Sunday Times reveals Wakefield's personal funding from Barr to support the lawsuit over MMR. He made four hundred and thirty five thousand dollars plus expenses from the legal aid fund. Some other royal free doctors were also paid in January two thousand and seven. Two days after the payments from Bayer are revealed, the Medical Protection Society stops funding Wakefield's libel actions and agrees to pay the defendant's costs of about $800,000 on top of its own legal fees. Uptake of the MMR increases to 85%, and the Department of Health said they would like to see it at 95%, a level that would give herd immunity. In July 2007, at a fitness-to-practice hearing in London, the general medical council opens its case alleging serious professional misconduct by the lancet paper's three senior authors wakefield walker smith endoscopist simon murch in february 2008 a team from london guys and st thomas's hospitals study the immune responses from mmr jab in 240 children and find no evidence to link it to autism in november 2008 the health protection agency warns of a measles epidemic after cases of the disease exceeded a thousand for the first time in a decade, the agency reports 1049 confirmed cases in England and Wales during the 10 months of that year, the highest total since 1995. Dr. Mary Ramsey, an immunization expert at the agency puts the problem down to a relatively low uptake of the triple vaccine. She added that there was a real risk of a large measles epidemic in February 2009. The Sunday Times alleges that Wakefield fixed the appearance of the link between MMR and autism. He denies fraud and files a complaint with the UK Press Complaints Commission, which he later abandons. In February 2009, in the United States, three test case judgments for 5,000 claims based on Wakefield's theories are handed down in federal court, rejecting the allegation that MMR causes autism. They are upheld on appeal in August 2010. In January 2010, the General Medical Council in the UK rules that Wakefield failed his duties as a responsible consultant and showed a callous disregard for the suffering of children involved in his research. It also found that he acted dishonestly. The General Medical Council issues preliminary verdicts and finds Wakefield to have been irresponsible in conducting unnecessary and invasive tests on children. And the Lancet retracts Wakefield's original paper a couple of days later. In February 2010, six years after the matters were raised with the Lancet, the journal fully retracts his 1998 paper. In May 2010, after a 217-day inquiry, the General Medical Council panel orders Wakefield and Walker Smith to be erased from the medical register, but notes that Murch had shown insight and finds him not guilty of serious professional misconduct. Where is he now? Well, he did three movies. Vaxxed in 2016, and VAX 2 in 2019, which were propaganda movies against vaccines. He also made a movie called The Pathological Optimist in 2017. He's written a couple of books as well, one called Callous Disregard, Autism and Vaccines, The Truth Behind a Tragedy. And the other one was Waging War on the Autistic Child, The Arizona Five and the Legacy of Baron Von Munchausen. He attended a ball at the White House in 2017. Donald Trump invited him personally. He is a boyfriend of a very wealthy supermodel by the name of Elle McPherson. McPherson has been brainwashed by this guy in using her celebrity to promote the anti-vax movement. And it seems that he's come through unscathed. I mean, he did lose his license, but I don't know if he really cared about that. He's now in the U.S. He has a strong following. He is wealthy married to a supermodel. So... <laughs> There you have it. That's the story of the sociopath, Andrew Wakefield, whose negative impact on vaccines has caused so much damage. And it does to this day. How many anti-vaxxers do you hear about now? How many people are refusing to get the COVID vaccine? I don't know how many of these people are, were affected directly from what Andrew Wakefield said, but it's, he started the whole thing or at least lit the fire of something that was being questioned to begin with. So his legacy goes on and on. I'm glad to be done with this case. It's funny because I'm all excited about covering these cases and I love doing it. I love presenting, but by the end of it, I am so done with these people that uh, I don't want to think about them again. Anyway, I, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I've got some more good stuff coming up for you guys. I'm going to keep it a secret for now and I appreciate all your support it means the world to me I hope you're doing well as best that can be expected in these trying times please stay safe and just continue on one day at a time remember to take care of yourself to take care of one another and most importantly to love yourself peace One love. True crime and it gets none realer. Sometimes it'll be the cure that'll kill you. Gotta watch out. Yeah, you gotta watch it back. Cause you don't wanna be another episode on STAT. Thank you for tuning in. Learn a thing or two. These medical mysteries can be unbelievable. Yeah. Subscribe. Make sure you do that. So you'll be tuned in and be ready for the next show STAT.